on this episode of Quantum Week, December 4th through 10th, 1983. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music and headlines. And we are in December 4 through 10, 1983, back in the 80s. Yes, we're back from our week off, too. Back from our week off. Um, didn't we just record? It feels like we just recorded. Well, we haven't taken the week off in real time. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, I'm sorry. But, we're all, we're all, we travel audience, through time. they're hearing us. Yeah, sorry we've we been got. away for a while. Yes. Is what I'd like to say. Right. Uh, but today we're talking about uh, Scarface and Say, Say, Say. When this song came on during the film, I was so happy. I fucking love this song. The <laughs> it fits the movie perfectly. It does, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Scarface. Scarface. So uh, Scarface, of course, the 1983 Brian De Palma film uh, Al with Gino. Al Pacino. That's uh, become. I, I, it's not even a cult classic, really. It's become. It's become just at this point, I think, a classic film. I think so. So my question to you up front, right up top. Yep. Uh, so I feel Scarface is a good movie. The question now, is it a great movie? I think it's a good movie, not a great movie. Feel the same way. But it is better than when I... The first time I saw it was probably like early 2000s. I'd never saw it earlier than that. I haven't seen it in a while either. And, and I, I, didn't, I agree. I didn't really like it then that much. And I think it's probably because of all the hip-hop and gangster rap shit that was going on in like the mid to late 90s who were like so hugely into this film. And, and when I watched it, I was like, this isn't... No. Like, what's the big fuss? But this time with sort of hindsight eyes and knowing the directors that came after him and seeing some of the shots that he does in films that I love, like other people referencing him, I was like, okay, there's some really good filmmaking going on here. There's a great filmmaking going on here. So yeah, this movie, uh, so Brian De Palma, let's talk about him for a quick second. Sure. So uh, Brian De Palma, the, the knock on Brian De Palma is very similar to the knock on Christopher Nolan, is that he makes these beautiful films to look at, yep. but there's no heart. There's yeah. no character. It's like robotic. Um, and that's true to quite an extent here. Um, but that was also kind of the intention here. Oh yeah. You, you don't have a lot of, um, character development at all with, with, uh, Tony Montana. No. And there's no one to root for here. No, they're all bad. No, they're all bad. Um, which is like a perfect diploma film. The side, uh, what, uh, Manny, I kind of, I kind of root for him. You kind of do only because he's just that's he's just sort of a nice, he's affable the only guy. One, but he's a terrible, he's a terrible person. Yeah, he is a bad person. Um, so there's really no one to like. There's no one's likable. No one's really, you know, you're rooting for anybody here. Even his sister is sort of like a throwaway true uh, character. You don't, you don't really root. No, for her. Gina, you don't. No, because no. she's just she's kind a, of she's dumb a plot and, device, right? Um, so, uh, so De Palma, you know, does this movie, uh, and then eventually does uh, later this decade does Untouchables, which which actually has a lot of heart. It does. Um. And it was really the only time before since he does. He, you know, De Palma also later does like Mission Impossible. Right. Which does, is one of, one, one of my favorites by him, by the way. It's a good Oh, me too. Yeah. And he does Femme Fatale, which doesn't work for me, but it works for a lot of people. But those Fatale. movies are both very cold and distant. Sure. Mission Impossible is not a war movie at no, all. No, it isn't. Uh-uh. Uh, he also did Carrie before this. He did. Um, which I don't like. Um, I, I like Carrie. I, I don't particularly, I don't hate it. I don't like it. Um, that has some heart to it. To some extent, because you are kind of rooting for Sissy Spacek. And totally, and she Sissy does great. Sissy Spacek she's is a great. very warm actress. Yeah. Even though she's playing kind of this cold weirdo, she's still her warmth kind of, you know, yeah. you know, reverberates beyond the screen. Um, and he has like Blowout with Travolta as well. This is right yeah, before I don't this. Casualties of War, I remember. Yeah, no, that with was Penn a, and, uh, uh, and Fox. Right? Fox. 
um, which doesn't 100% work. I haven't seen it in a while, but when I first saw it, it it didn't 100% work. Um, But this movie, Scarface, I think is like the the perfect script for De Palma. It's not De Palma's best movie. I think Untouchables is his best movie. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But this is the script that works the most for him. For his style. Yes. For his intent with movies. I think this movie is brilliantly directed. Yeah, the, there there are some crazy, amazing shots in this film. I got a lot of shit for when I said I didn't think Pulp Fiction was terribly well directed, but it is still a great movie. Yeah, this is like the flip side of that. So this is a movie that's brilliantly directed, but isn't the best. Isn't my top ten. It's I not my top ten. It's not even my top one hundred. No, like, me I mean, neither. I, I, no, it's 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 a good movie. I give it a B plus. Get out of the way. Um, it's it, funny you mention that because like I, that Butch scene where the one that you love so much that he's walking. Yes. through this. That's a De Palma shot. Where like the camera is following him through this thing yeah. and then, you know, up into the building and all that stuff that, that, that when I saw some of the shots in, in uh, Scarface, I was like, oh, that's that, <clears throat> that feels like a nod, uh, you know, the, a nod to uh, De Palma. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's def- it, some Pulp Fiction has some, there's some Tarantino De Palma, I guess, parallels very lightly, I think. But yeah. I guess there's some, um, my favorite scene in this movie, we'll get right into this. Oh, sure. Scene is in this movie. I think this is De Palma at his most brilliant. Uh, another example of Tom, Tom's brilliant is Untouchables when the baby carriage is falling down the stairs. Yeah, at the end, this is also like I think this might even be better than that. So it's the it's the chainsaw scene, yeah, right? Of course. So um, <laughs> it's only a half hour in the movie. You don't really even know what the fuck you're watching. It's kind of it's been kind of a you're watching this Tony Montana character who's like this you know come over to Cuba. He's uh, been this Willing prison to camp. Someone. You want to kill someone? No, no problem at all. <laughs> at all. And the next thing you know, uh, they're running a job for F. Murray Abraham, <laughs> right? And it's it's wild like you know him and his co- him and his uh, partner go up there and they're basically kidnapped. into a hotel room right, right. there held a gunpoint and then the camera the most brilliant shot in the movie so they're oh, yeah. about to be killed by the, by the chainsaw about to be potentially they're killed. in the bathroom getting right, right getting threatened with a chainsaw the action's just about to happen yes and the department has the balls to then take the camera and swing it ever so slowly Back to the car they were waiting in. They go through the wall. Go through the wall. <laughs> and then follow the uh, electric cord down a bit. Yeah. And then it goes to the car. And then you see Manny hitting on some chick. Like the most Randomly. useless. And the <laughs> like, chick why? has no interest. It's a totally. But it, ju- it just creates that suspense. It's brilliant. Totally. It's a brilliant move. It's a ballsy move. I love it. It's, it's a yeah. great movie. It's, 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 it's phenomenal filmmaking. It's, and I love how they go back to it. They, the camera like looks up and you see there's blood splatter in the window to the bathroom. And then eventually you just follow it right straight back through the wall again. And someone gets dismembered by a fucking chainsaw. By a chainsaw. It's and nuts. So it doesn't cheat you out of the action. No. It just kind of prolongs it a bit. And you think in a three hour movie that might be a problem. This movie is too long. It is but, too long. Um, but for that element though, for that scene, it is done perfectly. Yeah. It is so good. It is so exciting. It is so bizarre. It's played for comic effect, and it's also played for chilling effect. I mean, I really think if Hitchcock was uh, was bloodthirsty yeah. and had you know twenty percent less empathy and was alive in nineteen eighty three, he would have done that shot. He probably would have. You know, I, yeah, I think that's that's that. It's that like it just builds that suspense. So I I think De Palma is an aggressive filmmaker. I think he oh, takes absolutely. I'll just takes chances. He's not, he's not going to do anything by the book. He's no. like what, you know, he, he, he takes chances. There's that. I love the 360 shot too of the, um, of when they're in the, uh, in the nightclub where Tony gets shot. Yes. Where he just spans the room and right. that. So this is me having the benefit of seeing new filmmakers. Like, do you know, um, what's his name? Uh, oh, Ra- uh, Ra- mm. what's the movie? 
Windig Refn. Oh, the guy did Crash. The guy who did, no, the guy who did Drive. Drive, I'm sorry. I'm and sorry, The yeah, Neon yeah, yeah, Demon yes, and yes, Too yes. Old to Die Young. Yep, yep, yep. Too Old to Die, have you seen Too Old to Die Young? I haven't. It is a series. I've seen Drive. Uh, Drive, I love Drive. Drive's great. I think it's an amazing film. Very good movie. He and Neon, you should watch the Neon Demon. Some of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen in film are in that. But he also, uh, he's he's a brilliantly beautiful filmmaker, but he's too slow. So See, that's a better comp because he's also really cold. He's really cold. Yeah, well, there's some scenes. So Too Old to Die Young, it's a, it's a series. It's hard to watch because it's so slow, but he does this 360 shot, same similar situation. It's a lot darker, a lot smokier, but it's in a, a they're in Mexico somewhere and it's in this nightclub. It's really fucking seedy. And it, t- I swear he takes 10 minutes to do this 360 shot. And that's all I could think of when, when De Palma was doing it um, in this film. It's amazing. I so mean, yeah, De Palma has, you know, out of all the directors from that, from that generation to Spielberg, you know, Coppola, Scorsese. Yeah. De Palma, I think has the biggest balls of them all. He takes I the think biggest so. risks. Yeah. Some of them fall flat, uh, but some of them really land. And he has no problem just saying, like, fuck it, let's try it, (laughs) which is cool. Uh, It is cool. And for a movie like this that is three hours, it does help because now you're at least, it keeps you engaged. It's interesting. Exactly. I felt like this movie had a lot of motion. Just the way that, you know, so a car enters the scene, you see the tires roll up. And the, you see the sort of the, the, the camera pan a little bit, but then come up to the door when they're, when they're exiting the vehicle. It's just, there's a lot of movement through this film. So it feels like you're kind of, it's, it was, it's too long, but it held my attention. It's all motion. Yeah. So this whole movie's motion, right? Yeah. So like Oliver Stone's uh, screenplay and Oliver Stone is all about driving, driving, driving. Yeah. And he doesn't do a lot of character stuff. Doesn't do a lot of um, like backstory filler. He's just a guy that's moved. Think about Nurasha Born Killers or JFK. Yeah. It's just go, go, go. Yep. And think about Tony Montana. This character is just propelled. He's, he's he a one energy. big fucking coke binge. Or just keep going. <laughs> yes. he, he's not particularly smart. No. He's not particularly handsome. There's nothing he has going for him other than this insatiable urge to just keep going. And yep. he has no fear. Yep. So it's almost like a lab experiment. What would happen if you had a, a completely fearless man who had no empathy? He was a total sociopath. What would happen if you just let him just run? How does it work in in, in 1983 Miami? Yeah, and you yeah. see it. You reach the top, but then you reach the top and you realize, you know, obviously he had broken so many rules to get there that he's got he's fucked anyway. Yeah. And also there's nowhere else to go. Then he just ends up getting bored and self-destructive. Exactly. Because he just has to. He's a shark. He has to keep moving. He ha- that's a great word to use. Motion. He has to keep moving. I love that actually about his character is that you see him get bored. Yes. And so he doesn't even give a fuck that he's in a gunfight for his life at the end. He's just bored. He's bored. He's just self-destructing and like taking everybody with him. And, fuck and, it. And everyone's bored. Michelle Everyone. Pfeiffer is totally. bored. Can you imagine that life? She's just like laying around all day snorting coke. God, that sounds terrible. And boredom is, boredom makes it sound that, you know, and Matt, I think 100% agrees with me. We're not saying this movie's boring. No, not at all. But it's, it's fascinating and also chilling to see people bored. So there's a movie called Bully. Uh, that sounds very familiar. That I think Larry, so Larry Clark directed mm-hmm. it. Um, and it was the guy that same director that did kids. Oh yeah. I, I didn't see it's, that uh, it, it's a movie. It also takes place in Florida. Yeah. Uh, actually not far away in Hollywood, Florida. And so these five or six kids, Brad Renfro, a few other kids that are just bored and they end up killing another kid really yeah. out of just kind of boredom. Yeah. And they just kind of drive around Hollywood Florida and just kind of, and it's really chilling because it's, it's just, it's, it's like horrible to watch. Cause you're like, they're just they're just doing this because they have nothing else to right. do. Yeah, and a lot of like the Pacino, a lot of what drives Scarface's movie is just, just just nothing else to accomplish. There's not nowhere else to go. Right. So then you just do just nastier things, and then he gets to the place where he can go no further, and then 
And then he just life turns on himself. Yeah, he just self-destructs. Or Stanley or everyone else around him. Right. Um, you think about it, Michelle Pfeiffer's the only one who kind of escapes this movie. Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Elvira, which is ridiculously <laughs> so, named, yeah. um, is the only one that escapes this world. Right. I mean, where does she end up? I'm guessing AIDS in a hotel room, like... That's, yeah, not know, a bad guess. Like, you know, cracked out like Sharon Stone at the end of Casino. I'm yeah, guessing. Not a bad guess. But, uh, no, maybe she finds a, you know, a, a nice Forrest Gump man and has a nice, like, who knows? <laughs> maybe. Uh, but uh, I, I'm guessing it doesn't end a well nice for nice Brandon her, Walker type of guy, you know, wow. settle down. <laughs> um, Barstool cut, which is going to make go. a lot of sense two weeks from now. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but you, you wonder if... Um, you, she's the only character that kind of escapes. Everyone else gets, gets killed. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the other person who escapes in this movie too is the banker. The bank, yeah, he kind of walks out, leaves. He's fine. Scarface, you know, my Tony Montana hates him. Totally hates him. But I think maybe he sees him as a necessary evil. And he escaped, him and also the drug lord, the kingpin, also escaped. Although he might be in trouble though because oh, he's, in, he's fucked because people are ratting on him. But the right. uh, the banker though survives, which is a funny little wink at capitalism. I'm sure that was not an accident by all. Probably time. not. Question for you. Did you find it tremendously out of character that he didn't want to kill the wife and kids of, um, of the informant? I totally reporter? did. Yeah, I did too. I didn't buy it. Yeah, I didn't either. It seemed weird that he would have that type of, that type of moral like that. That was his moral. Well, bedrock. Seen, like, and the whole thing it. is that he has, he has no none. He's Zero. all about, he's a shark. He's all about just motion. Yeah. You think this is the only way for me to further my career. Right is to blow up this these kids. So therefore, this, I blow up the car. Right, it seemed like... It's, it's A and B. There's no C. So we, do you think that was a, a Oliver Stone choice, or do you think that was a De Palma choice? Because I'm I, guessing it's in the, sc- the screenplay, I guess, was written, and they rehearsed it for weeks and weeks and weeks. I it, guess there was even like a joke that Pacino, uh, Pacino and uh, Stephen Bauer, who played yeah. Manny, like we could take this on Broadway. We know all our lines and all our blocking. Like we could do yes. this every night because they just knew they knew the characters so well. Film like, It took like seven months to film this thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was forever. 24 weeks to film it. Um, they shot it in LA as opposed to Florida yeah. because Florida was like, fuck no, this hurt. This is not good for business. Like oh, this is I not how that. we want to show Miami. We want to be a little bit more positive. So they right. saw a lot of it in LA, unfortunately. And most of it does. There are a couple of shots that do feel very LA. Like when he pulls up yeah. to the mother and sister's house, that's not what Miami looks no. like. But other shots are pretty good. Um, I, one thing I got to talk about real quick is the whole time watching it in 2020, I kept thinking of it was Grand Theft Auto 3. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. That's what it feels like. And it, they, I mean, they modeled it after totally. it. Totally. You know, and, um, that, and that was the one that I played. Is that the one me you too. played? Me yeah, too. I played, I played all of them. That. I played that one too. Yeah. Uh, I played, right, I played a ton. Is that Vi- uh, Vice City? Vice or City. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they even use some of the same score. Right. And obviously some of the same locations are exactly the same. Yep. Um, but it is funny to watch it, to watch this movie With those now, eyes, to yeah. playing those game, that game so much, because it obviously is kind of a, but it makes me kind of appreciate the movie more, bizarrely. I Yeah. And appreciate the score more. I think the score is quite good. The score is really good. I know some people uh, don't like the score. Uh, I really like it. I think it's very good. I think it captures the mood perfectly. I don't know if I'd like it for any other movie, but for this movie, for what this story is, 1983 Miami, with yep. these characters, I think the score is pitch perfect. They probably don't like it because it's so stylized, but it has to be because it has of the to. time. It's a movie stylized. That's what, what this movie is. is. Yeah. Did you feel like it straddled the line of 80s and 70s, though? It seemed like the cinematography was 80s, but then kind of the pacing and dialogue felt 70s to me. It felt old, and it felt both to me. Well, this goes into a point I want to make. Oh, yeah. And actually, this is a great transition to this. Okay. So, and, uh, well, answer my question. Uh, <laughs> so, Did it feel like both? Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. And I think this is, but I think there was a major, the reason you asked that question, it's a good, great question to have, yeah. is this is during a shift. So let's talk about De Niro and Pacino real quick. Oh, right. So they both had different peaks. Everyone in these De Niro and Pacino were kind of like 
where neck and neck equal, forever. Right. Yeah. But the, Pacino was wildly popular in the early 70s. His back end of, this, of that decade is not that great. Mm. And De Niro is kind of unknown until the back end of the 70s, which were amazing, and ends kind of in 1980 with Raging Bull, right? This great peak. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about, I just want to talk about hyperfocus because hopefully we'll run into a lot more De Niro and Pacino movies. Yeah. But I want to talk about the early 80s with these guys because um, they both, even though they both had different peaks, they both hit a terrible slump at the same time. Did they? And it goes back to your thing about filmmaking change. Uh. And you see it in this movie, right? Like some things are like 80s, these are 70s, yeah. and nothing quite fits exactly right because there's a transition. Is that what they call New Hollywood in the 70s? That's Coppola, De Palma, Scorsese, mm. uh, and uh, George Lucas. All these guys were like, that's New Hollywood. It's like new young directors. Yeah. And then in the 80s, cocaine, yeah. uh, running out of creative ideas because you kind of burnt out your good stuff in the 70s, and also just a shift in the country. We sure. became more optimistic. Right. We became more of like, the movies became more like Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Those are the stars oh, of the yeah. 80s, right? That's right. So there's a shift between like drama and, uh, and the, you could even and the like, action. Yeah, the right. action stars. Even exactly. a movie like Heaven's Gate, uh, that's kind of the movie that, it was a huge box office bomb. Is that a war movie? No. Which one's uh, Heaven's I think Gate? you're thinking of Deer Hunter. Maybe. Uh, Heaven's Gate is like a long epic. Mm. Um, and it was, it was a huge disaster. Yeah. And it caught, it basically ruined uh united artists the film studio okay. after them uh and that's kind of like when things kind of became less or tour like directors had less power and it became more producer driven like, right uh, we talked about like don simpson before on this show uh like that guy like you know do top gun you know that's going to be like a producer driven yeah. movie and you know, tony scott directs it but you know those guys the studio is calling the shots got it um so, but let's talk like this the, the 80s so i want to go through the run here so yeah. 1980 well, let's, no, raging bull let's kind of take that out of it because that's that's, it, a, that's a great success for dinner sure. one oscar so, uh, 1984 De Niro is a movie called Cruising, which is, does not hold up well. It's a movie about him going into different parks, trying to find, um, uh, a gay murderers and gay people getting murdered. And he's trying to pose as a gay person. Uh, it's very like anti, it's not very PC. Even, sounds familiar, but I, uh, maybe even I back saw then people who, I only watched it once. So if I'm getting some of these, I apologize. But it, even when I watched it in 1999, whatever, I'm like, this is fucked up. And even when it came out, they were anti, like, gay, they were gay defama- de- defamation people saying like, yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, right. So, you know, uh, if, you, if you imagine it didn't hold up in 80, it doesn't hold up now. Right. Did not, did, it did, did, I think it did okay. Didn't do great. Then he did, then did hear a movie called True Confessions, um, which uh, is a movie with uh, Robert Duvall, which I think sounds great. It just yeah, doesn't, totally it does. doesn't work. Yeah. Hmm. 1982, Denier, uh, Pacino's movie called Author, Author, which is about being like a playwright that his kids and the kids have like wacky comedy scenes. What? It was a movie, it was so bad. Uh, in his review, Roger Ebert wrote, what is Pacino doing with his career? <laughs> what the fuck is happening to this guy? Because he, he, in the late 70s, weren't great for me there. Yeah. So now he's like, what is this guy doing? Um, movie bombed. In 1983, De Niro does The King of Comedy, which is a yeah. cult classic now. Yep. I love that movie. It did not, it was a bomb. It was a disaster. People like thought it was, it was shitty. Well, yeah, because you say, you think Scorsese and you think De Niro, De Niro and you don't picture that movie. No. Uh, you know, Jerry Lewis got some good reviews even back then about it. That's not a movie that did very well. Right. Uh, 1983, uh, Pacino's Scarface. So Scarface did make money, made sixty like seven million dollars. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, um, which is pretty good. Back but then. it's still that's like hundred and twenty now. It was is, very mixed reviews. That's pr- it was probably right. actually more more negative. More negative. It, yeah, it got except Pam, Ebert who Ebert gave it four stars. It. Yeah, uh, but Ebert loves De Palma. Ebert uh, is a De Palma fanboy. Yeah, he, I can see why. He gets like four stars. He's ridiculous. Oh, oh. And you can't judge Ebert's <laughs> reviews with De Palma. Ebert, <laughs> okay. Ebert loves De Palma like I love Tarantino. Like okay. I, anything Tarantino is, I'm almost always going to like. 
Um, so, but it's still, but it was pretty right. It was panned. It was people thought it was kind of like this weird jokey movie. It didn't, it was like, what is Pacino doing? Right. Uh, and then in 1984, De Niro does Once Upon a Time in America. Another yep. movie that's held up very well. Yeah. But at the t- it, that movie tanked. Did it really? The movie lost like $30 million. Ooh. Disaster. Huge bomb. One of the biggest bombs of that year. It, it, it was way too long. It was bad. There's like, there's different cuts of it. It was a mm. disaster. Um, so, uh, and he also does a movie called Falling in Love with Meryl Streep that bombs. Um, and then in 85, De Niro, uh, Pacino, it's the worst movie of them all called Revolution. Don't know it. Revolutionary War. I think it cost thirty million to make. He I, did a revolu- He did a period film. Yes. Oh, that doesn't sound like him at cost, all. Cost thirty million to make. It made three hundred eighty-four thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! Right. So I mean, I mean, that that, that it's a, it's a hard to even comprehend how how bad this movie this yeah. movie bombed. I saw the movie. It's terrible. It's not good. And then he took four years off and did went back to Broadway and ended up doing City of Love, which was a huge hit, and his yep. career kind of restarted again. Um, but there's also a lot of cocaine rumors with him. There were rumors that during revolution and kind of that whole period, we kind of backed away. There was like, he, there's been a lot of more than light rumors that there was just some drug problems major and, drug issues okay. with him. Yeah. I mean, he's not alone. I mean, go read wired by Bob Woodward. You know, you got, yeah. you know, you got Nicholson, yep. De Niro, uh, and John Bush all hanging out the night Bushy died. Like, yeah. You know, so I mean, Pacino's not alone. I mean, a lot of guys in the eighties were having a hard time, but, but Pacino's really kind of ruined his early, his days. And then De Niro does the Brazil, um, I forgot he was in Brazil. Which, uh, yeah. which it, another way holds up. It also bombed. I know. You know, it's an awesome film. That's one does of does the mission yeah. in 86, 87 is angel heart. Neither of those movies do. Oh, very angel well. hearts. Do you remember that? But, I remember that film. That was, that's a nuts film for him. But like they don't, they don't, the movies aren't making money. And then finally he does untouchables. Yeah. Uh, which works, but it, it, you know, to, I feel like De Niro during that time never really lost his, um, his like, cause the raging bull, I guess was so recent. People are like, Oh, he's still the best actor we have today. Yeah. Is Robert De Niro. But like he hadn't done a hit movie or like what's perceived as like a really good movie back then in a while. And Pacino was going through the same slump. And so it wasn't until the 90s really when they got back. When you think about it. Because yeah, you got Heat and you got uh, oh, Ronan and you got and Casino. Then, and same and with you Pacino. Got, you have Santa yeah. of a Woman yep. and you have, uh, you know, uh, Frankie and Johnny. Which, yeah. which But yeah. you started to have movies that directors take charge again. Yeah. If you're a great actor and producers are in charge, you're fucked. Yeah. Studios are the opposite of what a good actor wants. Right, because they're not creative. They're not independent they're filmmaking. Not yeah. Like, you know, think about, I know, I know Merrimax has his issues and sure. Harvey Weinstein definitely, but, but it's not like a major studio right. where, you know, they're so concerned with profits and losses. They don't care about Oscars. They don't care about good filmmaking. Um, you know, luckily, well, for a while there, we had independent filmmaking and then it kind of dried up. I don't know if we're coming back to that mid, mid-level movie now because think about what the last decade's been. Not only superhero movies. That's you know? it. This and is huge budget. They don't help actors either. No. You know, like it's 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 very frustrating to see. De Niro's only gotten one. So since 1991, though, De Niro's only gotten one acting nomination. That's it. Yeah, for uh, Silver Linings Playbook. All right. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It's a long time without yeah. one. Yeah, and but you know the same kind of dry spell. He, you know, he uh, he just got a nomination for The Irishman, and De Niro yeah. got a producing nomination for The Irishman. Yeah. Um. But uh, but Pacino, you know, Pacino's, I think, having a nice final act here. He's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a small yep. role. Um, you know, he he's, he did the Paterno TV movie, which which wasn't bad. He did, um, you know, he obviously did did Irishman. He, he's he's having a nice final act, but there was some really dark. And this is this is in the middle of probably his worst stretch as an actor. That's interesting. Um, but watching it now, though, he is 
very youthful in a lot of ways. He's still very energetic. I think he's really good in this film, actually. I think so, too. I think he does a great job. Yeah. Would I, this, would, do you have any problems with him not being Cuban? No. Me either. I just think anytime you're act, you're just acting. He's acting. You're just, that's all you're doing is acting. This would never happen today. No, that's not happening. Uh-uh. There's only one Cuban in the cast. Um, who? Uh, um, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Manny. Um, oh, yeah, right. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, so Stephen saying? Bauer. Stephen Bauer, who is also good. Actually, I thought that the acting was good. pretty good. Very, oh, who was brilliantly cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Michelle Pfeiffer's really like unknown. Pfeiffer, she's great. She's perfect. She, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer plays cold so well. She's she not a warm. She is not a warm person. Uh, well, I should say she's not a warm actress. No, she's not. Um, so this is like the, uh, this role is like built for her. Yeah. Beautiful. I think she's stunning. I think Michelle Pfeiffer yeah, is one of the most beautiful women who's ever lived. Yeah. I think she's just gorgeous. Yeah, she looks great here. Michelle Pfeiffer playing someone who's very cold, who's bright because she's a very intelligent actress. This is like perfect for it. You got Robert. Logia, who is like I've always, I always like him. He's oh, he's so. When is he ever not fun? He, he's so much personality. He's he's the guy who played Sosa. I really like too the um, the crime lord from yes. Bolivia. There, I, there was there was a lot of good stuff here. And you mentioned Green. You talk about like a, a top. You're like, hey, this movie influenced a lot of things. So and one man. of these influenced and hugely was Breaking Bad. Well, did it really? Oh yeah. I mean, this is this is basically in a lot of ways like the Breaking Bad like story. Like, I mean, in some ways, I mean, it definitely has like, and even say Breaking Bad is if Mr. Chips became Scarface. <laughs> right. That's right, the pitch. Right. But you have uh, Robert, Lo- uh, I'm sorry, Robert Lozier and Sopranos, but you have uh, Stephen Bauer. Yeah. Who plays the drug lord in Breaking Bad. That's right. You have, um, um, oh my God, uh, T, the uncle who brings the bell, Mark Margolis plays yeah. him. He is uh, the driver who, uh, the guy in, who sets the bomb. Is he really? Uh uh, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, who, uh, right. Of who, course, who, who Scarface, who yeah. Montana kills in the car in New York. Yeah, that's the uncle from I Breaking forgot. Bad. That's right. Who I saw walking around New York City. By the way, Did when I really? lived there, he's a cool guy too. Actually, he walked like by him. me. I was uh, I was on a lunch break. He just walked by me, and I'm like, I got a really bad like my stomach turned. I'm like, that guy's not. Whoa. I'm like, who is this guy? I, I couldn't recognize him. And you're like, oh, Scarface. I didn't know who he was. Oh, Breaking Bad. And uh, but I'm like, that guy. I just didn't feel right being around him. <laughs> yeah. And when I got back. You know, so I went and got my lunch, came back to my office, and I sat down and go, oh my God, he's not a bad person. It's just, he's just an actor. But I just only think of him as these scary roles. Yeah, and in my he's mind, creepy, creepy he creeped me out. out but yeah. he's not a bad person at all. He's a nice man walking around. Probably. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, is this the reaction this poor guy gets? Like subconsciously, I knew not to like him. Yeah, um, I get it. I think you should watch um, the Winding Refn films. Yeah. Because right. I, think, I think you'll see that there's a huge connection there between yeah. the two. And I think a lot of things that we seem to like about uh, De Palma you'll like in, in his films. Anything else you didn't or did like about this movie? Um, no, I mean, I think I need to see it for what it is. Like, I know there's not going to be a lot of character, de- you know, development. I know it's going to be a stylized film. I, like I said, to start, I appreciated it more this time than I did the first time. Cause one I was just our, so jaded with the, the nineties rap shit. One of our listeners who we both like a lot, Ned Snark. Yeah. Ned, he sent me a cool DM saying that, when F. Murray Abraham, who has a small role in this, he's a very good actor. Mm. He's fantastic. He, when he was shooting this, he was also shooting Amadeus at the same time. Oh. And he had to go back and forth to Prague. And I guess there was all sorts of like customs issues and stuff. <laughs> really? And Amadeus, by the way, is another phenomenal. I can't. That's a great film. But these roles could be more different. I yeah. can't imagine having to do like one week your. No, how do you do it? Your, your I think he's, what is he? Solari? Solari? Sol, Sol, Solari. I always fuck that name up. I think that's, that's, and then that's he, right. And then he has, then goes back and has to become like this, this, you know, mid-level <laughs> yeah. drug lord. Henchman. Uh, yeah, henchman drug is drug guy. lord. Yeah. Uh, but he's so good. I think he's a, I think he's a great actor. Uh, this cast is just so well cast. Yeah. I mean, 
So this won't crack top five for me. No, but me this either. is definitely in the upper third, upper, you know, maybe the top. This will crack my top ten, I some, imagine, uh, if I had yeah. such a list. Um, that seems about right. This is a very good movie. I mean, I know some people love it. It's their favorite, which I'm more of a Goodfellas guy. But if you're like, hey, I like Scarface more than Goodfellas, mm. I mean, we'd have the discussion. Um, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I guess yeah. I can't. I mean, I, I think Goodfellas is brilliant, but. There's a funny like nod to the to Godfather in this movie. Is there? Uh, I think Pacino goes, "I can't trust the Italians," or you know, I don't. I don't oh right, I, can't trust the yeah, yeah, right. I can't trust the the mob, whatever the Italians, yeah. uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so among crime movies or mob movies, I guess I don't know if it's a mob movie, but gangland movies. I guess my number, my favorite movie of all time is is The Godfather. Sure. And then um, Goodfellas is probably my number two. Yeah. Um, you know, all time, not even gang lord. I'm talking like all time period. My favorite movies, those two. And then, you know, you have, like, then if you're just talking about, like, gangland movies, you have, like, Casino. Even Training Day. I put this ahead of Training Day, probably. This one I do. I'm not a big, I'm not a Training Day apologist. Like, uh, I, like this to me and, like, The Irishman are, like, comparable. Know, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't as big, I wasn't as high on The Irishman, but. I but, think The uh, really good. good. I think it does like, right. aging and some other things really well. I just wish they would have cast different actors for it, it was really just dis- that was really i can get lost in it more but also like just mm. i don't know i'm a sucker for that stuff but i think that's like this level which is really good like you know it's a shame this movie was kind of like not really appreciated when it came out because totally. it, it deserved more it didn't get any oscar nominations like it deserved it definitely deserved some some not deserved to win a lot of awards but definitely deserved to be in that buzz you know? i would think so like it's a good movie do you think how do you compare him to his contemporaries though do you think he's the Palma? Yeah. Do you think he's in a tier below? Right. Yeah. So, Scorsese. He's so a tier how below. How does it Scorsese. all work out? Right. Like with those guys, they all kind of came out at the same time, and they're all like compared. So like, I like Ridley Scott more than I like De Palma. Uh, I I know you really love Ridley Scott. I, 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 I don't I do. as much. Um, I'm. I think that. For, I mean, Spielberg is the winner, right? I mean, he's one of the best directing. Spielberg. Spielberg over is the all time of that whole new generation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. so. I mean. Not for me, but I'm just saying in the terms of success, how the world would interpret success, Steven Spielberg is, might be the most successful director who ever lived. Okay. I mean, when it comes to awards, just bankability, just all of it. I think he has the whole package. Scorsese movies don't don't make a lot of money. That's, That's kind of true. the problem. Yeah. I enjoy them more typically, th- but there's some great Spielberg. I mean, Jaws is amazing. Like, you know, E.T. That's is, true. E.T. is amazing. Yeah. Um, Scorsese is probably the critical darling, I guess. Although, I mean, how do you say that when Sp- Spielberg's one... Spielberg won an Oscar for um, Schindler's List. It's true. And he also, didn't he win for, did he win Best Director for Saving Pirate Ryan? And, they, and it lost to, yes. He did. To his, and it, but it lost so Best Picture to Shakespeare in Love. Right, that's what it was. So he's won two. So how do you even say that Scorsese is a critical darling if he's only won one Oscar that's compared true. to two? Yeah. Um, but may, I guess maybe if you look at it now, Scorsese kind of is, um, I guess more the critical darling. Uh, and then you have a drop, a pretty big drop. You have a drop. And then you have, like I said, De Palma. Uh, Ridley Scott was never really included in the new Hollywood group. Um, he's the same age as De Palma, or roughly the same age yeah, as De Palma. Just maybe I, just a couple years younger. Maybe because of also, he's what, he's all, all British? He is British, I believe. I, you can certainly include him. I have no problem with it. The other thing too is George Lucas, like obviously, I guess is maybe the most successful as being rich. I don't find him a good director though. I don't think of him, I don't think of him as a director. And he also just went in different directions. He sure. Just, he just basically- He directed a few films. Shepherded a franchise. Yeah, right. Which, you know, I think it's kind of shitty and sucks, but I'm not, not only Star Wars is shitty and sucks. I think it sucks that that's what he took his creative endeavors to do. Yeah. Basically to basically make giant movies that would become theme parks. Like that's what he, but that's what he did. Um, you know, you have Coppola who just, you know, had his peak and flamed out completely. Yeah. You know, like that's just how it goes. Um, he, you know, then just has nothing left in the tank. 
Um, and then you have De Palma. I guess I had to put De Palma third in that list. I guess De Palma and Ridley so? Scott, I think it's a pretty, if you want to include Ridley Scott, I think that's pretty comparable. Pretty, pretty comparable. They, I just look at his list of, De Palma's list of films, and there's not, I mean, there's some real good highs there, like Untouchables, uh, but there's also some real, like, Snake Eyes and some really bullshit. Yeah. Like, I, his top movies are, are, I mean, I think everyone, I think most people would agree, Untouchables, Scarface, yeah. and Carrie. Yeah. And maybe Blowout. There's a lot of film nerds who love Blowout. Bullet's a really com- like a really slick movie. Um, he does some really exciting and interesting things in that movie. Um, that's one I really actually should rewatch. I haven't watched in like twenty years. It's really uh, interesting. Actually, we talk about Travolta. Remember how he said in Pulp Fiction he's never really. He's yeah, actually pretty is, good, is good in this one. He's a sound engineer or something in that yeah, film, and he captures a a car wreck, but is more to it than that. Yeah, has some like some same themes as like the conversation to oh, some okay. extent, but right. I think it's a little bit more exciting and not quite and nowhere near as well acted. I mean, no. Yeah. Uh, but that's a great argument, like that new Hollywood, right? And that, uh, unfortunately, because of the structure of our show, we're not going to hit that a ton. I know. Um, because we start in 1979, but, um, but it is it is interesting to talk about, for yeah. sure. How about you? What do, you do you rank him around the same? I think, well, yeah, I put Scott above him. But you agree that Scott I think and Palmer still, are yeah, about that, that lower same. tier, though. Now, they're not they're, Spielberg no, they're Scorsese, not. No, no. but they're not Coppola. I mean, it's, I, I have a hard time saying Coppola. Yeah, he's, he's, he made the greatest so movie ever, that ever... Right. But he just didn't have a long enough. Peak. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, he's uh, he's definitely above a lot of, a lot of the other. I mean, I guess you could say uh, Apocalypse Now. So he did like four great movies, right? Right. And then that's it. I mean, Cotton Club and all those yeah. like you know, yeah. Uh, uh, what's the uh, the uh, the kids Outsiders and yeah. Jack, which was terrible. Oh my god. I mean, it didn't make sense what he did. It's kind of sad. Drugs I, probably. Just, you know, his son passed away too. Oh so really? Kinda, oh. Yeah, his son died in a boating accident. That kind of like lost. But that was in like the mid late eighties. Uh, yeah, I think he just kind of lost his. He just his, didn't. His, yeah, didn't have a love for it anymore. Maybe. I don't know. Or just kind of lost his fastball. I mean, it just happens. Yeah. Um, it's like anything else. You know, you can you can reach a great height and drop off. You can. He had, he had a few hits, a few big ones. That's all I got on that. Okay, cool. So then we should move on to uh, say say say. I believe. Uh, which I'll play some stuff in a minute, but. <sighs> So say, 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 most people probably have heard it in their life. Uh, It's a Michael Jackson slash Paul McCartney duet. And I was kind of thinking about this. Paul McCartney at this time was sort of on the, not as bad, nowhere near as bad, but sort of on the Santana track where he was doing, he did like four duets in a row, like within a couple of years. He did this one. He did The Girl Is Mine, those two. Um, He did, oh, I can't remember. can't remember the, the other two ones, but. He was like, I, I, it's like he was sort of re- trying to reinvent his career here. Wings had just ended. Right. So he had Beatles, then he had Wings with his wife and band, which was, there was some cool stuff in Wings. And then he sort of has this like redefining moment. Um, well, and, I read one critic said at this time, they, they called him, quote, uh, a wimpy old guy. Yeah, that's kind of, yes. Like that's, how, that's how the critic was saying young people interpreted McCartney, which I don't think is far off. It's not, because you have the girl is mine. You have You have a lot of the, no, my love was it good or whatever. He's got like all these sort of ballad type of, he loses his rock and roll. I think he actually does better with a partner. He need, he needed Lennon. He needed someone who would make him rawer. I agree. Like, cause he goes into, I know he kind of does it mocking, but it's true. Like the silly love songs things. Like he does. He go, he, that's his like go to. And he it just is. keeps mining that. Well, he needs someone to push him creatively. And his love songs in the Beatles, like Michelle are beautiful like he's he is a great writer but it just oh, gets absolutely. he just gets cheesy it just gets he cheesy can't help himself no he can't and two the other thing to remember too is that lennon had just died two years earlier that's right so he so 
bizarrely when that happened, McCartney felt even less edgy, if you will. Like yeah. almost like Lennon had now had all of the edge. Now Lennon has just the entire, instead of it being 90, 10 or 8, 20, now it's a hundred zero. And McCartney has nothing but these silly little love songs. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I don't really like either one of their careers after the Beatles. Um, I like George's. I think I'm more forgiving better. than you. You probably are. I just, it's, it just got kind of cheap. Both of them kind of got cheesy to me, but I think, yeah. Cause I think Lennon lost his edge too. I mean, and, and I get it. He became a pacifist. He, he also had a, a period of time where he became just a, a raging alcoholic. That's true. took two years off and him and Harry Nielsen are just basically just getting shit faced for two years. There's that. Um, you know, there's, so, there's a lot of stuff going on with, with him. Um, sure. He had a hard time. McCartney, he had a terrible McCartney's stage a much, to anxiety. And McCartney's is a much better like human being. Way better. Much yeah. better like coping with like being on this earth yeah. than Lennon ever did. Um, and But Lennon, in my opinion, was... Well, McCartney, I'm not saying McCartney's not talented. Lennon's more talented. And, and Lennon's post-Beatles <sighs> career, I feel, is much better. Well, I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying it's much better than McCartney. I think McCartney's post-Beatles career is it's not, it's not great. No. Yeah, I didn't really like Wings at all. That bit, We've talked about this before, too, but the band, that band on the run album. I it's the best. The best that, the, yeah, that's not bad. There's some cool stuff on there. And Little Die. That's a great that's song. That's a great song. But you're, you'll have that. You'll have pockets of great songs. That's even some, it. Even some of their ballad, his ballads I do like, but... The, like the top of his ballads I like and then all the other 90 million ballads are just shit. But Paul McCartney's, I think he's a better musician than Lennon is. He can play a bunch of different instruments. I agree. Yeah. I think he's a, I think he's a more well-rounded writer. Like he, he doesn't, he didn't get to, he didn't showcase it, but he can. He's just, he's got more range. See, I think he's a better musician, but I think, well, I think actually think, uh, Lennon's a better writer. I think McCartney gets That's into tough. that clap trap of, He's like silly little, like he does. You know, he, well, like he's nothing songs. He's better. He's better. Not as listenable, not for listenability, but in terms of skill set as a writer, can, I don't know. Creative as a writer, knowing how to see, I'm not, I'm not doing this well. I think he's a better technician as a writer, but not a, not a, not as, yeah, not as that's like fair. Yeah. I mean, I that was always the thing. And that's why, yeah, that's why, I mean, obviously everyone, you know, it's, it's just a shame that they couldn't work it out, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it really is. Cause like those two really did need each other. Cause sometimes, uh, you know, when Lennon was left alone, it, some of that stuff wasn't great either. No, like, I wasn't like I said, he was either destructive or he'd have some of those albums just suck. They, yeah. They're just bad. The whole album's bad. Yeah. He has some cover albums that are just terrible. Yeah. And and then when he gets in with Yoko, then Yoko's steering him a wrong way. Go listen to Double Fantasy. Every other song is Yoko screaming. Yeah, I can't like, deal. It's, you know, I can't yes, deal. half the songs are, are pretty are decent to good, but then half the songs are like, it's just it's just yeah, nonsense. It's, I can't. Yeah, it's a terrible listen. It's it's not for me. That's not for me. I don't need it's a shrieking. Brutal. I can't do it. And that came out in 83 as well. The one that came out after he died. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, every other song is Yoko, but then you you do have some, you know, decent songs in there. So Say 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 is the lead single on Pipes of Peace, which is Paul McCartney's first album after Wings. And The Girl Is Mine is off of Thriller. Right. So it's interesting that they, you know, they kind of split it a little bit. It they is. actually, they actually wrote, you probably read this too, but they wrote say, say, say before they wrote the girl is mine, but they just hadn't gotten it done and like, you know, gotten it out and, you know, right. until 83. Um, it was funny. Cause how, I think how it started was that like McCartney was kind of doing Michael Jackson kind of a, yeah. Uh, like, Hey, I'll put in a song on my album. You put one on, on yours and, you know, kind of do him a favor. And by the end is like, McCartney's like, no, I think it was Could you, uh, very thankful <laughs> that this song was on his album. <laughs> right. Well, if you think about it too, so thriller, so this is Michael Jackson's run. Like he, oh my God. because of thriller had six 
songs in the top 10 in 1983. So crazy. Before Say 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 became his seventh, and that broke a record. Yeah. So seven top 10 hits in 1983. I mean, I was alive in 1983. I know I was three. Yeah, we were young. Um, this album was, this is like some of my first memories. You, you mean Thriller? Everywhere. Yes, I'm yeah. sorry, Thriller. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I know. Like, he was- Everywhere. He might have been like the first famous person I was like oh, conscious of. That seems about right for me. Because like, this was, I can't emphasize how much- because MTV, MTV didn't have a lot of videos anyway. No. So, you know, Billy Jean's Thriller were just on. Over and over. I mean, and it beat was, it all over. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and it was just constant. And, and, and they're also really good songs. They are. And this, and this, and this video was on a ton. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, same director as Beat It, too. It was a Bob Giraldi. Bob Giraldi did it. Those two. I like Beat It better. This one's kind of a weird I like video. this video way more than I should. This video, you, this video it, is it both terrible out. and great at the same time. It creeps me out. It, it's it's, it's, they're all, they're, it's a fantastic watch. If you doing, haven't watched it, you must watch it. Well, I'll definitely tweet it out because that's, that's going to happen. I love it, I think, only because of this weird nostalgia thing. I think because I grew up with it, I have this weird like soft spot for it. So it's Mac and Jack as this vaudeville act. It's so weird. And they're in this like kind of crown clown face, yes. but it almost looks like blackface too. It's really creepy to me. It's really creepy. Do you, but you don't, you don't get creeped out by it. I, I've seen it. It's like part of my DNA. Oh, is that why I've uh, seen it? So it brings much. you back. It's not, it's not even that. It's just like, it's like, now it's coded in me. Yeah. Like I, my mom, my mom was what? 20, my mom was 22, 23 when she had me. So she was still young enough to listen to like new. So we had MTV yeah, on all the she's, time. Right. She's like 26. She's cool with this music. And like, so this was just like, I was like this. I didn't watch a lot of like, there were, hey, there weren't a lot of kids. Do you remember? There weren't a lot of like, Nickelodeon no. was just starting. Like there wasn't a lot of, yeah, Saturday Disney, morning Disney channels didn't exist. Right. So yeah, right. Other than Saturday morning, there weren't that cartoons. So you, my mom would put MTV on. So like, I watched this a ton. Speaking of that, did you want, I would get up really early on Saturday morning. And do you remember the old New Hampshire song that would come? Were you in New Hampshire? I was in New York. You were, oh, there was this weird old New Hampshire song. It would drive me nuts. Really? Because they play this like four minute song with, with pictures of, of New Hampshire in was the like background. Was it the Shaw Brothers? They are, like, they are the I don't New know. Hampshire band for it, a while. It was a, one guy singing it. Oh. Um, Shaw Brothers are kind of Celtic. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. No, it was different. Uh, so it would show like the, you know, the, the old man, the mountain and all these scenic New Hampshire things, but it would happen right before the cartoons would start on Saturday morning. Yeah. So I was just it. like, come on, motherfucker. <laughs> It's this weird thing that would yeah. that happened every single fucking Saturday. Um, but okay. So say, say, say was number one for six weeks too. Jeez, so it's, that's Saturday, a long time. It is a long time. And, um, it was billboards 41st biggest hit in the hot. Like 100. ever at that time. E- now. No, ever. Now? Yes. That's the 41st biggest song to ever happen. Was this on one. the billboard? 100. It's crazy. It's fucked up. Say, 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 baby. Uh, let's see. Anything else about that before I start to play stuff? So most of the lyrics were Jackson. He wrote them, gave them to Paul McCartney the next day. Paul McCartney like learned them, but Paul McCartney wrote most of the music and did like play a lot of the instruments on here. Played some drums, played bass, played guitar. Um, one more thing about the video too, before we walk away. I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. So the video, uh, uh, Michael Jackson hits on his sister, which kind of goes back to Scarface a bit of like this incestual thing. Yes. Cause Scarface, uh, Tony Montana is, is in love with his sister. We both agree with that, right? I think so. Oh no, he is. He wants to fuck her. There's no question Ugh, about it. That's, but I just don't want to, but then Michael it. Jackson is hitting on Latoya Jackson in this video. Is that what happens? Yes. No. It's Latoya. Oh, I didn't even think of that. It's weird, right? That is weird. Why? Like, could get any other that's actress? like Bateman on Bateman crime. <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. Oh, 
It's disgusting. A lot of sister love in 1983. I guess so. Well, maybe it was a thing then. Not for no. me. So I was, uh, an, I was an only child then, so I don't know. Oh, lucky. You didn't even have the temptation. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, but I wanted to say, so I'm not a big fan of the song. Are you? I like the song. I don't think it's very good. I think it's okay. I it's think fun. it's the problem. I kind of like it. The problem with me is it's very stale. Like Scarface, there is, there, or like, hmm. There's like no development at all. It's very like, it's just this very Scarface isn't stale though. No, it's not stale. Yeah, that's a bad, I was, mm, there's no development to it. This Mm. is a stale song. If you like even the instrumentation, the way that it's recorded and mixed, it's just so stale. I like this song more than I should. (sighs) Yeah. So I'll talk about the staleness in a minute because I'll show you some stuff. But first I, the one thing that I would say is I do find it interesting the way that they treat each one of their vocals. So the way that I'll set it up and then I'll play it. But the way that it happens is Paul McCartney sings first. Right. And, and it's both, it's the same verse, although the, it, the, the verse changes, but it's still the same. It's still, I would consider it the verse. And then Michael Jackson happens. So they kind of split the verse and the, the song changes about like, they play it differently behind them. Like it's more soulful, more R and B when Michael Jackson sings it. I thought that was a very interesting thing here. Listen. So the bass is dun, 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 really straight. Drums are so cheesy. Hear the guitar comp? Oh, and totally, it starts to totally change. Yeah. Totally changes, right? Yeah, and then, you know, the little, like all these little, like, flourishes and stuff when when he goes in i thought that was an interesting move that they did i like this song it's okay it's not gonna crack my top five no but, it I, but it would probably crack my top 10 i like this song and i know a lot of it is just because of this nostalgia i think i think it's just like i said it's embedded in me it's just not a very good song um the other thing is the actually another interesting thing this song doesn't really have a chorus it's very strange it you is, have that like is, so yeah. that verse so the, it, do, it does change the verse that you just heard between paul mccartney's section and Michael Jackson's section. It does change, but I still consider that verse. And then there's no real chorus. There's no chorus. It goes to this, like this, this thing, I guess is what you would call a chorus. This this is like a bridge, but it happens twice. It's not a chorus though. It's not a chorus. There's no hook. The hook is like, say, say, say. I was going to say, 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 say is the chorus. Yeah. So, so there's no chorus. And then the other, so there's three parts of the song. And then the other part is this very stale bridge. That's the other thing that's weird about the song. You have like a minute and a half where nothing happens, where they're doing like their little vaudeville skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shit. like that, yeah. There, but there's no, yeah, no. if you're not watching the video though, there's nothing I'm going still, like, on. dancing around a little bit in my house probably. You know, you I, do. I do. You do? <laughs> yeah, I, I like this song. I don't know. It's, 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 it's I can it, play it. You could dance around. I'll film it if see, you'd like. We'll, no, we'll I, post so, that. I Are you sure? I that. Uh, I, I, I think how I feel about this song is when I get annoyed and people are like, I like a Disney movie because I watched it as a kid. Uh. Just shut the fuck up. That's stupid. <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, I can't like this song because I heard it as a kid. But like, I just can't help it. Like, uh. It's just kind of like, I, I like, it's just fun. Mm. It's, I, it's very light. It's very stupid. I think one critic even said it's the worst lyrics they've ever heard. Oh, they're not good. I don't think it's that bad, but it's not great. No, they're not the worst. And all of your There's points are very band. fair, yeah. and I'm not. I can't argue with them on any sort of real intellectual level. Yeah, but like, but I just can't help. I'm also be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it. I, 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 I enjoy it. this song. I get it. Yeah, if you like to listen to it, then that's, that's fine. Kind of, like I listen every once in a while. I listen to like '80s music, and Laura gets kind of I think annoyed. Um, I'll just put on like the '80s station or whatever. Yeah, like 
on. No. She doesn't like the 80s music? She does. It's okay, but she, she wasn't alive for a lot of the 80s. So she doesn't really like. Well, you'd think it'd be like. Uh, when I was growing up, I loved the 70s yeah, music. Yeah, but it's just like not the same, like. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, I heard this song. Like, this song would come on. I'd be, yeah. oh, and I have those memories of the videos. Of, and she's just like, ah. Right, she didn't know. have any of that yeah, anchor. Like, she, she'd much rather listen to, like, you know, Kanye or uh, The National yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which I enjoy that, too. But, like, sometimes I just start throwing the 80s stuff. And I can see sometimes I see her, like, eyes goes over, like, on a road trip. And she's like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of 80s stuff I like. But this is just not. This All is right. not one of them. But so here's the bridge that goes nowhere. The bridge to nowhere. Even the horns are so stale. <laughs> it's so, it's so cheesy. <laughs> the little ding. ding. <laughs> Toaster. Toaster's done. Microwave's done. I love how they sync the video up to have stuff happen. Like when there's one, like, one like magical sound effects, and it's, and it's McCartney waving a wand in the video. Like they sync it up to these stupid sound effects to make it match. Of course they do. God damn it. Um. Anyway, so that's the thing. I just think it doesn't, it just, it doesn't have, part, part of it too is just the way that it's recorded. It sounds like a drum machine. So it doesn't, there's just not a lot that like, there's not a lot of energy to it either. I think that's also hard too when you're recording it as a duet with someone else. It just doesn't feel like it's got a, got a lot of, I don't know. See, I think it has a lot of energy, but, but to your to point me. though, the producer said this was not an easy song to produce. He says the egos in the room were, were mad. You couldn't fit him. Really? Yeah. Both of them? Were, yeah. Because Paul McCartney doesn't come across that way. Oh, he, oh, I think uh, there's, there's a level there. Yeah. Like, and I think he said, oh, like, I mean, everyone was friendly and they got along. This is before they had their, their split. Um, uh, oh, uh, when, uh, when Michael Jackson owned all the Beatles music. Right. Which happened because of this song. <laughs> I know. I heard him say like uh, Paul McCartney brought him out as like a list of songs that he owned. And, like, this is what you need well, to well, do. Well, yeah. The night before they, they, yeah. they did this, I guess, the, um, they, that's what they, Paul McCartney was trying to help him out. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, well, you should you should buy you should buy music, right? Like, see, see this song here. I didn't say what song it was, but like every time that plays, I get a cut. Yeah, and then Michael Jackson three years later buys Paul McCartney songs. <laughs> right, not, not not the nicest thing in the world to do, probably. No, but Paul McCartney could have bought his songs. I think when I think when Michael Jackson died, it was like the most valuable thing he owned was that. That with makes those, sense. With the Beatles songs. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember because I oh I did read too that uh, that Michael Jackson he had but he, he felt like he had confidence problems before this because he was always in the studio with Quincy Jones since right. he was a kid and Quincy yeah. Jones just telling him what to do the entire time. Of course, time. him and Barry Gordy, right? And right, then, and then now he's kind of off on, off his, on own. his own with Paul McCartney with a fucking Beatle. Yeah, and he can hold his own. I could see why that would be daunting, I, I, but I, I guess it was, yeah, I guess it wasn't easy. The producer said it, so it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but it, it was fine. Yeah, you know? and, but they also did the other duet too for the Thrillers. Um, which I, which I, this song I like much less. Oh, the girl is mine is not. That song good. is terrible. Oh, Ebony and Ivory was another one that uh, Paul McCartney did in this. With Stevie time Wonder, period. right? With Stevie yes. Wonder, yeah. Um, I like this song though. So those three. I really don't like the other Michael Jackson. But I think that's terrible. No, I don't really like. In it fact, either. I, 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 if you had put a gun on my head, I would. I forgot this was on McCartney. I thought this was yeah, on Thriller. You think it was kind of the the opposite? Because I forgot, that sounds I forgot like, Thriller had such a bad song on it. Right, that sounds like a more cheesy Paul McCartney song. It oh, does. and then like storytelling. Hey, Michael. Yes, Paul. <laughs> you know that girl I've been talking. I don't remember the story. Yeah, but you yeah, know that yeah. girl I've been talking about. Yeah, I know. Well, she's mine. <laughs> the storytelling for even in the video, like think about that trip. So, like you know, you have this really strong man. Yeah. You have Linda McCartney. You have Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson all just driving through various villages. <laughs> I'd love to see those adventures. Like what, what, what kind of stuff they get into. Right. I'd watch that show. Like if that was oh, the that'd show. Be a great show. Those four. Like driving in car with McCartney. Like, yeah, like the Incredible Hulk with those four people going from town to town yeah. and like fi- like fighting crime or maybe like. Finding Adventures. I've watched that. 
Yeah, that'd be a good one. Strong man, maybe it kind of helps out at the end of this show. He could. He could. Maybe Glinda shows a little skin. Ooh. A scandalous episode. <sighs> I never I was never a little McCartney fan. Nah, I, I mean, yeah, whatever. She seemed like a nice enough woman. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Um, nice lady in his next wife. The one legged oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I, guess she, she got, was I guess she was Heather really or something. Tough I guess she was on, awful. Yeah, yeah I guess she was really tough on him. Yeah, it's too bad. Sorry, Paul. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> my voice is always married a two legged woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for, uh, for Say, Say, Say and, uh, <laughs> and wife jokes. So, yeah. What else? I guess uh, stories, really? Yeah, your story. But, but I, I mean, there's not much going on. I'm in kindergarten now. I'm in kindergarten. I know where I am. Uh, I have vague recollections of this. I do have a pretty good memory for early parts of my life. From I, I remember some stuff when I was two, three years old. Okay. This is, you know, five. And I was in Manchester at a Catholic school doing kindergarten. And I remember two things from this time period, uh, from, from kindergarten. One is we played in like pavement, like mm. outside, in, which seems weird. In New Hampshire, we're used to playing you know, you go out for recess, you play in fields right, yeah. and stuff. There's like grass everywhere. But this this was like a fenced around around like a parking lot or something mm. that we played in, which is weird. Number one. And the second thing was nap time. I had this girl, Stephanie, and she would she would she would nap next to me and she would twirl my hair. Oh, well, ooh, that my. was really nice. Jesus. Yeah, I remember that was very comforting. What happened to Stephanie? You think? I don't know. I wish I could find her. Lauren. Another one, actually. Oh, just doxter. Right. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Maybe we go in and edit that, that last name out. Nah, she's no longer her anymore. She wouldn't know who I am. Okay. Yeah. No, from very young. I do remember, I remember a couple people. Okay. I really appreciate the shout out. <laughs> uh, well, quite a story, Matt. Uh, to be tough to what, what do you got? That'd be tough to talk. Do you, have, do you have a big thing. story? I do have a story. You do? Have, what are you talking to? For when you're four? Oh, it's, it's a, more of an epic. You know how I do that? I'll, I'll like take a snapshot and I'll build it up and talk about the whole experience of something. <sighs> I'm a master storyteller. You talk about <laughs> this girl who twirled your I hair. I talk about and pavement and pavement. Uh, oh, the old pavement stories. Uh, <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, better stories than that is what I'd like. Uh, uh, so let's see headlines, baby. You got some? Of course yeah. I do. Okay. Okay. So this was the big story. This was the, like the major story of the week, I guess. Mm-hmm. On December 4th, the very first day of the week, U.S. bombers strike Lebanon to try to get Syria to pull out troops. And then the rest of the week, this kind of got coverage. And like a couple of days later, then the uh, people were really going after the Navy saying they should never, like really criticizing the move. Right. You know, Reagan, you figure was not a new president, but I guess had been off no, a couple years. But, yeah, three years. Um, yeah, I just didn't, it, like, I don't know. I guess they didn't like that. I, I feel they like- They didn't like the, people bombing people. The whole 80s was all Lebanon, Syria. Like oh, I, I tried to be like, this, but I felt like that's all it was. It was like yeah. this like skirmishes- um, so as far as like which one this was, or I don't know, it, it was one of them. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, where does this fall in the list of like, but at the moment in time though, if you were alive in this week, this was, this is the biggest the story big news. Week. Yeah. So I, feel, I didn't want to ignore it, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, ah, oh, this is much to do about it. Could you rank it in terms of, uh, Lebanon, uh, skirmishes? Oh, it's the, the fourth. Is it's the no fourth? fucking night. Okay. No idea. <laughs> um, December 5th, uh, <laughs> Northeast governors asked for uniform drinking age. And right, because they were all over the place. Right. My mom uh, was 18 when she got married. She could drink. That was Massachusetts at the time. And my mom could too. And that was that would have been 77, I think, when they were married. Because I was born in 78. Okay. So your mom, your mom was younger than my mom. Um, she was 21 when I was. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. My mom could drink too. She talked about how you know uh, she graduated. She was 17. 20. But, but friends would buy like they go to bar. She go to bars as a senior yeah. high school. Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a yeah. big deal. Um, 
And then um, it was really interesting. So if you ever watch show Family Ties, there's this guy, Skippy, who plays kind of the goofy next door neighbor. But he was also a stand-up uh, comedian. I remember watching a bit he did in, in the 80s, and he was saying that he was fell in that group of like at 19 he could drink. But they changed the rule. Oh, and then he couldn't drink and the he next year. He's like, "What the fuck? This that's sucks." Stupid. Um, which I think is really bullshit. It is bullshit. Like that's crazy. But how do you? I mean, you can't like. Oh well, if you were born this day, it would be too much of a pain in the ass to like. I can't believe they changed it. That's stupid too. But that I mean, you had a lot of that. You had a, you know the say no to drugs movement. The war on drugs shit was really ramping up in the eighties. That's what happened, and so you had. I mean, you, Scarface hits this too. I mean, Scarface right, exactly. is about prohibition. A lot of it is. That's right. And fucking gang violence that comes from prohibition. Right. They shouldn't have done that. They went the wrong way, but... Yeah, but they're going that way now. Even with the tobacco, they're making the age 21. Are which, they really? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Which is crazy people because, like... stupid. You they, don't think people are going to smoke? If that's the case, and don't, they don't have these guys in the military, then. They always, if, they, if we're going to start bending the rules that they can't... Exactly. You know what? Then, you, then you're fine. You don't need to do any of the military age 21. Exactly. What are we doing? Like, it's I mean, stupid. I mean, it, the whole attitude, now the attitude in this country is, you know, well, they're 19, they don't know anybody. They, they should shut know better then. Well, and here's the thing, though. You create a black market, all you're going to do is create fucking, you know, interactions between police and, and kids who are smoking. Come on. Do we really want police to do that? Like, in, I feel like we've made, like, this whole generation, like, infants. Absolutely. That's the other thing, too. It's like, they need to fucking toughen up. Yeah. You're like, going to, you, you know, you, you, you're teaching them that the government has to look out for them. They're not going to be productive members of fucking society if they think that someone's going to look after them the whole time. everybody. But yeah, they changed Babies. this rule. And the reason the Northeast governors are so adamant is because, just think about the, the oh, geography. Canada, too? Well, no, it's not just that. It's just because the state's so small. Yeah, so people yeah. would go. Because yeah. like, if you're in middle of Arizona, it's a, it's a fucking, you're not going to drive to fucking Nevada to drink no, you're unless not. you're on the border. No, but if you're in, But you if know, you're in like, you know, Southern New Hampshire, you I might mean, go to where Mass. I lived in Portsmouth before, like, I literally would walk the bridge to Kittery and go, right. to, go, you know, so like, it's not hard to jump the border when you're in the New England states. Well, and that's the thing with like with uh, decrim marijuana or legal marijuana. People right. are just walking over the border into Maine when it wasn't okay here, and just fucking you know going to head shops there. I w- I think I might go and get some edibles soon. You're gonna try edibles? I had an edible at my bachelor party. I kind of enjoyed it, and I'm looking for something to do this this because uh, you know winter's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah Hunker kind of, down. Like just like not get go some crazy. THC I had half in that a bitch. one, and it was just kind of an odd high. It was weird. And, um, was that the first time you've ever done it? Yeah. So I, I, so, yeah. So it's people, I never really, I never, never did drugs in school at all. Like, no, not even marijuana. It just didn't want, I just didn't want the hassle. Yeah. Um, I drank, but I just, I just never, just never did that. Sure. Was, it was kind of weird. Maybe it is weird, but I just didn't want to get in trouble. I was, I was holding with not, I did not want to get arrested. Right. Um, so I, I didn't do that, but, um, but, I had no, I, I don't have, if you did it great. All my yeah, friends you did care. it. I, I hung out. Everyone I hung out with did. I, I just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I would have an edible now. So I, I what do you, what do you mean? The thing, if someone's listening, no, can, can you, you help me out? Like uh, where I should go? Well, you just have someone make them for you. It's not hard to no, make. No, I don't want to do that. I want to buy them. You, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like use things. I don't like when things it's are It's not homemade. about use. It's about, you know, I don't where like, I don't like from. that. I don't like, I don't like going to someone's house for dinner. Okay. Fuck it. Whatever. I don't like when people cook for me. I, I want, I'll go to a restaurant. I want to go to a store and buy something from a store. I like doing oh, that. Oh, you trust them better. I do. I like the purchase. Except for maybe the people who fucking owned a restaurant. You wouldn't trust them. Uh, different for you guys. You, you get an exemption. Thank you very much. Um, other people don't. Because Barbara makes the best brownie that has ever been made. I've had it. It's good. I like on it. On the planet. I like it all. So Laura imagine that it. Yeah, of course. I've had it, yes. Yeah. I'm very... The other but wait. Has nothing... It's, it's me. I'm very picky. I'm very... I know. It's, I used it's to have me, anxiety in people's houses because like, what if you go there and they're going to have something I don't like? Oh, yeah. I, don't I have know. weird issues with... I'm with, with you on that. I'm, I'm just hyper picky. Yeah. So 
Um, but the edible thing, I also, I don't like anything you, I don't like, the, I don't like things, the smell. I don't like homemade things that smell. I don't like used it's things. chocolate, that's, but that's, that's fine. That, that, I mean, that's not, not here chocolate. Right there. No, no, I don't want, I don't, so I don't want a chocolate. I want the gummies. Oh, that's what you want. Okay. Yeah. You want gummies. Want Is gummies. that what you had for, um, yes. I don't like chocolate. That's a little, I forgot about that. So that, that's, um, okay. That's actually better. So my issue with edibles is you can't, it's hard to control the dose. Right. That's the problem. So you never, like, it's very easy to get too high and it's really uncomfortable when you get too high. So if I go to a store and buy gummies, I, I'm still at risk? No, I think with gummies, they, they dose it. it. They say it's, yeah. you know, so X see, amount see, of- See, there's a benefit to buying stuff at a store. You mock me, but there's a benefit. I mock you because I care. Okay. <laughs> no, you mock me <laughs> No, I think that's a good way. Gummies is good because you, right, you can control your dose. I think that's good. Yeah. The other, or, so where can I go get a gummies thing? Um, is it mean or message with you? Can someone tech could, help me out with this? One yeah, of our well, listeners? Yeah. Because I'll, I'll, I'll go. I mean, I can help you, but why don't we have the listeners help you out? <laughs> Either I don't give a fuck. Who else? I just want help. You just want help. I'm asking for help. Uh, I know if, if someone knows like where's like a good. I, so I'm in New Hampshire. Yeah. So like, what's a convenient place I to go? Either think, I think Meshes or Maine has them. Legal, I'm right? not sure if how you get the edibles in in Maine. So I don't know how you get the edibles. I'll go to either state. Because a lot of times you have to go to to get like medical marijuana. I don't know how it is. I don't medical. I'm not medical. I'm no, fine. I know. That, I'm that's what I'm saying. Is most of the uh, places that you can go to get marijuana are medical. So that means they're not going to have, actually they would have gummies, but you would need some sort of card to go there. You'd have to be from the state or something. So I, I'm not sure. We'll have to figure this out, but, but we will figure this out. See, I drink. Therefore you are. So you, you're starting that one now. We're going to do another, you want to do another hour? I don't mind talking. I'll knock it back. You we don't have to, we have to do a little post we show. Just, we have a little post show chit chat after the show. Yeah, you're right. We do. But I like talking anyway. So we'll get you some, we'll, fi- we'll figure that out. the listeners, but um, yeah. We'll so figure if, that you, out. if you know, if you know where to, but you don't want to, what? Uh, so you don't want to smoke it. I get it. I just, I just want gummy. Where can I go get fucking gummy? That's all I want. Hold on. Let me ask you these questions. Okay. Do you, would you, would you not, would you not smoke it? Cause that's really the best yeah, way. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I don't like the smell. It's disgusting. It smells like, oh, fucking, I love the it's, smell. It's so gross. I fucking love the smell. It smells like a loser. It does not smell. It does. Like it does. It's a, oh, the loser. It's awful. It sucks. <laughs> so Was that your French? It, no, I don't know. Like, we can do French. <laughs> not bad right that's great um and that's the amount of accents i can do now in a pc world unfortunately i know it's french other accents it's are, italian are now, if, if you ever catch me uh can at, you do at, irish uh can we do irish now n- you can do irish i'm not i'm not great with irish i can't do i would say i can't do irish i can do british like paul mccartney yeah you can do you can do but can you do it's cockney more, more of a ringo though can you do Cockney? Uh, and That's a tough one. Tricky. I yeah. just kind of go there. Uh, I can do other uh, accents that are now deemed not appropriate. Like what? Not going to do them. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So that was uh, uh, drinking. Uh, and then on December 10th, the Jets <laughs> played played the last game at Shea Stadium in, in New York. Oh, I didn't know that they, they shared uh, Shea with the Mets. They did. They yeah. did. I'm a Queens boy. Uh, I was born in. You are a Queens uh, boy. I am. Yeah, I know. He's trying to like mock me. I think. No, I'm not, I'm, trying, I'm not trying. No, I'm trying. Uh, I, uh, I, I lived in Queens until I was two, but I lived in Jackson Heights, and and I, I lived. Uh, my father grew up in, in uh, Long Beach and Astoria, and then I lived in Astoria in my thirties. Mm. So yep. I'm very much a Queens Queens guy. Yep. Uh, I'm a Queens native, if you will. Yep. Uh, and I love. I'm a big Jets fan because they were in Queens. You know, so anyone who's in Long Island at that time in the eighties yeah. was a was not a Giants fan; they were a Jets fan because of that proximity. I see. And then they went to New Jersey in the same stadium. It all became kind of a wash. But the Jets used to train at Hofstra, which is on Long Island, right? And then they uh, would play games right at Shea, which is really accessible for people. You can take the Long Island Railroad. It's easy um, to get to. Yeah, there. It's a yeah. very accessible place to go. So, 
Um, are there any? La- I think Oakland is the only is the last stadium that was doing football and baseball. Two, right? I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, and that I I didn't see any football games there, but I went to the Coliseum. And a now, bunch of times. now they're not because now they're, they're not they're in Vegas. No, so. they're gone. But like, what a shit show to do that. Like you're over, oh, you know, partially fucking infield. So it gets crazier than that. Tell me. So in 19, I want to get the year right. I'm sorry if I get it wrong. 1975. 75. Uh, 75. Okay. So you have the Jets and the Mets share the stadium. Right. Okay. They were going through major re- renovations at Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees played their home games. No, they get, put, really? It gets crazier. Wait, how did they even do this? So they would just have to. Uh, Mets would always have to be on the road when the Yankees were there. Uh, correct. So they were just they were just like right. So there were 162 games. That's that, fucked up. How do you even, it's for two seasons? It was 74 oh, and 75, Jesus. I believe. And then I believe during renovations of uh, one of the parks, the Giants also played. I think there was also I think 75. There was a time when all four were there. And then you had hockey playing there too. They would they would do the Frozen Four and the no, they never did that. No, yeah, I was right. just joking. Maybe some basketball. Okay, no, no. Uh, but just had, those four. But that's a lot. Four. I mean, that's crazy. That's um, crazy. But I can't imagine. I, you know, I got to when I lived in New York. We'll talk about it more when we get there. But uh, I would go to tons of Mets games because I, I was literally it was fifteen minutes from my seat uh, where I sat in my apartment to being in my seat at I had season tickets to my seat at City Field. You had season tickets there? Yeah. Really? Every year I was there. Yeah. Huh. How much those cost? Uh, they were very expensive. Were they really? Two grand. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't. It wasn't that bad. Uh, would you go every home game? I used to go to 50 games a year. That's pretty good. Pretty good, right? Damn. I went to all the World Series games. I got to. Um. I got to go to the All Star game. Yeah. Um. Homer Derby the whole thing. Um. Yeah. I, went, I, went, I was averaging about 50 games a year. That is because it was so easy that I watched them on TV. I could. I could. It was like 17 minutes. I could. You know. And, yeah. I guess you might as well. And at that the greatest point. thing was. Uh. Oh my God, I love going to games because New York is so hectic and so crazy. Yeah. And the Mets in 2012, 13, and 14, they weren't very good. They no. weren't terrible, they weren't very good. Yeah. Place is empty. It was the only place in New York you can go get peace. I would say I have my own <laughs> section myself. And I'm that nerd that would bring a scorecard to the game. So sometimes I'm just like, you know, it's a Wednesday night, it's got home from work. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the game. I got a ticket anyway. Fuck it. Yeah. Jump, jump on the subway. I'm there in like 12 minutes. And then I, you know, hustle up to my seat. I'm there in four more minutes. I go get, a, you know, they, we have so, a beer or whatever. City Field has the best food of any ballpark. Really? So I go get a good meal. Plus it's Tuesday. No one's in line. Oh, they have an no. amazing steak sandwiches there. Incredible. Really? And um, you know, I sit, I sit on the uppers. I sit way up high. And I'm just scoring the game. Hey, I got to see, you know, I got to see two no hitters. It was awesome. You're eating your dinner. You're watching the game. It's you're hanging out. Outside. Yeah. You know, plus, you're outside. You don't get to be outside yeah, in New York unless you're walking around. And no one's. I don't. I don't have anyone around me talking. That's good. It was, dude. It was great. So it was just you. Uh, you would just I go would by bring yourself? my ex-wife a lot. Yeah. Um, my ex-wife got divorced. Ha ha. Uh, she was yappy. Uh, no, no, she was good about the games. Yeah. Um, but um, no, she would she would come to free games. I would bring some friends. But I say happy games. I went to sometimes by myself. It's just a Wednesday night. If she yeah. had a improv show or if she had a thing going on or, or practice or whatever, and I was just sitting home with nothing to do, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go catch a game. It happened. I'd say at least twice to, during the week. And it's not during the weekends we kind of plan about going. But sure. Like on Thursday, I'm just like sitting you at just home. Go. It's like 6.45. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go. Jump on the subway in there. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Because if you're going to watch it anyway, you're going to watch but it. people parking. You know, when you take the right. driving out of it and the bull- and the crowds out of it. That's the thing. It's like going to Fenway now. It's oh, like, it's dude, just it's not even fair. worth it. Because oh, I, like, I don't want to pay 50 the bucks whole thing is a whole. It's a whole hassle. It's, but it's you're literally night. jump on a train, especially my first apartment. I was right around the block. Jump on the train and then you're there. And then you get up and it's, it's incredible. It was like that for me in Oakland. 15 minutes by the bar, I'd be at Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. So every time the Red Sox were out out there, I would go to at least two of the three games. Yeah. <clears throat> and it happened, you know, they, they would be out there once or twice a year. Plus, uh, while I was out there, they went to San Francisco too. So I went and saw two games 
there um, as well when the Red Sox were out there. It was fun. I was going to 50 games a year when I was living in New York. Yeah. Since I've been back. So I've been back since July of 2016. Yeah. I've gone to two games at Fenway Park. One of them was in 2016. So since, so since 2017, and the only reason I went to that one was because uh, we got monster seats. Yeah. I, I hadn't sat there. And they played the Mets. So I went to that, no, I went to that game. Um, but other than that, I have no real interest in going. I mean, maybe if I have a kid, you know, and I'll bring the kid to Fenway Park or something right. like that. I, I, it's just it's, yeah, it's your I'm whole rooting day. for an expansion team. I've it's your whole night. show. I want an expansion team in their Montreal or somewhere or in Vegas. I yeah. want. I'm rooting. So whoever the next expansion team is, that's my new team. That's your. But that's until then, going. I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'm not even a really shit. a Mets fan anymore. I'm kind of a mercenary. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. Um. All that, right. That's a long show. A, a lot of a lot of bullshit. So if so you, what? People like to hear us it. talk. Uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Um. So and we're back uh, on. Uh, so we're gonna go back to Saturdays. Might as well. I mean, Kirk's back, which is great. Kirk Minahan is back. So, um, welcome back, Kirk. Glad you're doing well. Welcome back. Um, and so we'll just go back to Saturdays. Um, and we're back on Saturday with the big chill. The big and chill. Uptown girl. And uptown girl. I picked that for you, motherfucker. Thank you. I have very strong feelings about Billy Joel. And then Alan. I know. I know. So I will be ready to go. Um, that's all I got. I think that's it. So, yeah. And we're not doing any more time off. So we're back and we'll, we'll be back. We're back. We actually, Matt and I, before the show today, we were, we went through our schedules and kind of mapping out hundred percent, but I think we're, we're back. We're probably, uh, that might be the only week. I think we so. Yeah. For, I'm away for one week, but, but we, we're, we're going to, we'll bank it. Double book we'll stuff. bank it for you. We're, we'll do book stuff. But uh, I think we're basically locked in until. Yeah. Cause then the fucking fall the comes. Calendar year. Who's going to want to go yeah. outside. There's COVID. It's going to ramp. Yeah, we, hard. we may even up. Up we the might level uh, starting in October. We might, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're at least we're at least good to go for for no more days off for, for a while, while at least. No more yeah. weeks off for a while. Cool. All right, thanks for listening.